4: Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff. This is Triviality. The cream of the crop.
5: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Ken. I'm joined by Jeff and Neil in the studio. How are you guys doing? Yeah, we're feeling pretty good today. How about you, Jeff?
4: Yeah, not too bad. I'm, uh,. I'm almost awake. It is morning for us still, so.
0: You smell pretty radiant. You have a nice lotion oh, on. I can
5: you. I can tell. I applied it to him earlier this morning, so.
0: I wish you'd do that for me. I have really tight shoulders, so.
5: Yeah, there's some
4: hard to reach areas that I just
5: can't get myself. Get, get that tiger balm on your on your shoulders and
4: neck.
0: Yeah, everyone knows when I'm having an, a bad neck day because you can just smell me walking from a mile away with a tiger <laughs> balm. Made with real tiger, right? I. That's what Charlie Sheen says. So.
5: Well. I I am uh, working on a sleep deficit here today, but I'm very happy to be hosting because we have some uh, interesting guests Skyping in with us today. First of all, Nikki Bates from Lincoln, Nebraska. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing all right. I uh, have a house full of people that just got influenza A. So, oh no. Well, everyone is sharing those photos on Facebook of like how they've aged ten years. I feel like you could take a photo of me from last week and see a <laughs> noticeable difference.
5: So your your house is locked down right now, quarantined.
2: Oh. Everybody's on Tamiflu, and uh, we all piled into one bed last night. I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old, so oh. there's a lot of concealer happening Are there morning.
5: Are there uh, various men and women in biohazard suits wandering around your property as well?
2: You know, they don't make those in kids' sizes. I checked on Amazon. Oh. <laughs>
5: <laughs> and uh, and what do you do out there in Lincoln? Hmm.
2: I am a television producer. I work for public television, and in my spare time, I host Bar Trivia once a week.
5: Very cool. Wonderful. And our other guest today is Ed Witt. He's a U.S. champion on Patreon, so first of all, we thank him for that. And also, he's a a local man from Chicago. How are you doing today?
1: Pretty good. Uh, I can relate to Nikki. I'm just getting over, as you might hear a little bit in my voice, uh, not the flu, but... infection myself so i uh, apologize if i'm hacking uh during the during the competition just, just
0: put the axe away and everything will be fine yeah <laughs>
5: and and we'll edit out any uh unwanted noises Yeah, and we'll keep in the wanted ones yeah yeah
1: appreciate it
5: <laughs> and what do you do here in chicago
1: <clears throat> uh i actually work for walgreens uh, at their corporate office very cool so in deerfield yeah. out in deerfield yeah although i live in the city
5: and i'm told you have some uh, creative pursuits as well
1: yeah, I, I kind of in my free time do some uh, comic work, to uh, drawing comics, and then also I uh, do some design work. I design a couple beer cans and uh, do some organization nice. for some local comics events. Very cool. Very creative yeah. episode today.
5: Yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All right, well... Without further ado, I think we'll uh, toss it over to the rules guy and we'll get this game rolling.
4: The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the Cream of the Crop. The
2: Cream will rise to the top, oh yeah.
4: All right,
5: guys, are you ready for a uh, serious gauntlet of questions here? Ready. I, ready. I am not. So. These are super hard, so...
0: We need uh, a name for their team. That's right. What are you guys thinking? Anything?
2: We're always the Nippery Slipples. <laughs>
0: the
5: Nippery Slipples, that's oh, good, like too.
0: That. And they are they're both sick, too, so I don't know if there's...
5: All right, they're going to be the nippery slipples, and I'm going to have to say that a bunch of times. Yeah, it's going
4: to be a nippery, nippery gonna... slope. <laughs> it's
5: going to be a nippery slope. Slipples. How do you spell slipples? <laughs> Just kidding. I got it. All right, that's going to be fun to say a bunch of times. And uh, what do you guys want to be? How about uh, How about lotion commotion? I like it. Okay.
0: Oh, and and by the way, Matt uh, is actually taking a satellite course. Uh, he's not here, uh, but it is literally a satellite course. He's on a satellite right now, just Was, orbiting
5: Earth. Wasn't Lotion Commotion one of the levels in Donkey Kong Country? That I wouldn't know. Okay. It should have been. It sounds like it should be. All right, well, let's, uh, let's get the game rolling here with uh, round one, question one. The 1968 film The Odd Couple saw what actor attempting to share an apartment with Walter Matthau, Despite their very different lifestyles, it was far from the first time this actor attempted to share his apartment. Uh, we're gonna lock in, and uh, you guys are welcome to talk.
1: Is it Jack Lemon? I I know they starred together in you know Grumpy Old Men and the sequel, and I that would be not a horrible guess because I can't come up with anything else. Um, there's a clue in there about apartment, and I wonder if it's. There's a movie called The Apartment, but I don't know who was in that either, so um, I'm fine with that. I think
2: that was also Jack Lemon, and it was with Shirley MacLaine.
1: I I like it. Let's do it. Okay.
5: Sounds good. All right. The Nippery Slipples are in with Jack Lemmon. How about you guys over at Lotion Commotion? Yes, that was uh, Billy Wilder film, Shirley MacLaine, and Jack Lemon. All right. Looks like we're starting out with uh, 20 points split between the two teams. It's uh, Jack Lemon. Good job, guys. Great everyman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gary Glenn Ross. Yeah. Love Inher- that one. Inherit the Wind uh, yeah. remake. Yeah. All right. Question two Amazing Fantasy, number 15, published in 1962, marked the first appearance of what notable comic book character as a trial run? <laughs> and I, I did not know that uh, Ed was, uh, you know, into comic drawing.
2: I'm really glad you're my partner today. <laughs> um,
0: all right. So Amazing Fantasy, 1962. I know that. I feel like Spider-Man did not... I don't think he started with his own comic.
4: I don't think so. I
0: think he he was like a a cameo.
4: And I do know Ken's love of the Spider-Man. And it's about the right time for Spider-Man, isn't it?
0: I think so. I mean, I was going to say like Fantastic Four, but it's one one hero. So, I don't know. What do you think?
4: I don't know. I'm fine with Spider-Man. We're going to lock in? Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Why not? Okay. Uh, So, I think... (laughs) I might have set myself up for failure by saying I was into comics, but... uh, my guess is based on the time period it was probably spider-man and i apologize if we get this wrong for our team
5: we said spider-man all right two lock-ins with spider-man and uh looks like another 20 points Ooh. split between the two teams so Ooh.
1: thank so, you uh, uncle ben
5: we're running a perfect I game so man. far
4: are you doing <laughs> new math over there or how what's going on <laughs>
5: i'm just trying to confuse the audience but uh, both teams are at 20 points All right, on to question three, and I want to give a quick shout-out to the ladies over at Misinformation Podcast. Um, This is a common bit of trivia, but I first heard it on uh, one of their episodes, so uh, shout-out to the ladies at Misinfo. Taro Tsujimoto was selected by the Buffalo Sabres in the 11th round of the 1974 NHL draft. Aside from being a Buffalo hockey pop culture icon what else about this player and his selection in the draft is particularly notable anything on this one
4: was he the first japanese player drafted
0: i would think so um i mean his name would lead me to believe that fact but um so buffalo sabers taro
4: uh, sujimoto you said yep yeah I i can't imagine i don't think I'm trying to think of like the prevalence of hockey in Japan, and I know it's a thing, but I don't know if it's. I mean, yeah. like I, f- I always associate like baseball being like the big export to Japan as far as like the big four American sports. I agree, to call hockey an American sport, um, and uh, North, North American, yeah, yeah, North American.
0: I like that answer. I mean, if Jeff or if uh, Ken needs us to be more specific, then we can be. But I feel like yeah, first player of Japanese descent. Nikki, do you wanna? Take this one.
2: <laughs> yeah, we were thinking maybe this could be a reverse cutting edge situation where maybe he was a figure skater turned hockey player, but we decided to go maybe first, um, first Japanese person to play in the NHL.
5: All right. Well, he very well may have been the first uh, Japanese player drafted, um, but the correct answer actually supersedes that answer because he is fictional. He does not actually exist. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, it's it's in a great episode from misinformation about hoaxes. Basically, the um, the owner of, of the Buffalo Savers was protesting the drafting process, so he wanted to throw him a little curveball, and he made up this player, made up the team that he played for, and uh, he drafted him.
2: Huh. I don't feel so bad about not knowing who he was.
5: <laughs> yeah, same here. All right, so uh, first misses of the day on that question. But we'll move on to question four. Misses from the misses. Yeah. Although it is debated how effective the method actually is, Mithridatism is the practice of what? A few Hamlet characters maybe could have benefited from giving it a shot. Mithridatism.
4: Uh, I feel like I looked this up once.
5: Oh, well, so the clue with the Hamlet,
0: uh, there's a couple clues in there. Give it a shot. Um, uh, Hamlet. So in Hamlet. Talk about Hamlet deaths. Well, most of them are towards the end where people are getting poisoned. They're poisoned with the tip of.
4: Oh, I know what it is. Um,
2: you had mentioned like lying, and I know that lie detector use is definitely controversial, whether or not it's reliable or not. It's um, and then I was trying to think of other like Shakespearean characters that it could apply to, because they just said Shakespearean, right?
1: Uh, Hamlet characters from Hamlet. Hamlet. I think that's okay. I mean, I, I maybe just lie detection because that is also debated. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Let's go with that.
1: Okay. So the lock in with lie detection. The nippery
5: <laughs> slipples going with lie detection and uh lotion commotion. Where are you guys at?
0: Yeah, it's a great team effort here. Uh Jeff said, "Tell me about Hamlet." I said, "Many characters towards the end of the play are killed by a poison-tipped blade or by poison." And Jeff
4: said, yeah, like, weirdly, and I don't know how this came up, but I once looked this word up, and I couldn't remember what it was till Neil reminded me, but I believe, if we're correct, mithridatism is the practice of uh, slowly and intentionally poisoning yourself to build, like, a tolerance or an immunity. So that's what we went with.
5: All right, and the correct answer is indeed weaning yourself on poison. <laughs> so it uh, <laughs> looks like the boys in the studio are going to get some points here, and it's the first separation of the game after... Uh, Four questions. I think you guys have 30, and uh, the nippery Slipples have uh, 20 points. Man,
2: if only you would have given like a Princess Bride clue. Yeah, (laughs) that's
5: that's true. That would have worked too. That would have been inconceivable. Okay, let's move on to question five. What complex abstract design means circle in Sanskrit and can represent various spiritual elements such as balance and harmony? The end of your question, you said complex abstract design circle um, and the app ab- or. Er, um, it can represent various spiritual elements such oh, as balance and harmony, but oh, okay, among others.
4: I mean, yin and yang is not a bad. It it meets the criteria. It doesn't sound like Sanskrit, but I guess. I mean, how many other Sanskrit words do you know, Neil? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> uh,
0: well, I am taking Sanskrit on my on my phone in an app. Um, Sanscripted, it's called. Ah. Uh I don't know. I guess you know, I have no idea. I guess because you know,
4: that's kind of what I'm getting at is like I've got no better guesses. I don't either. That's a great guess. And okay. since we don't really know Sanskrit, okay, it's not terribly that sounds good. <laughs> out of the realm of reason.
1: Okay, we can go for it. Uh, we got nothing. Um, I don't. We we were thinking about maybe it's some sort of a pattern, um, but we can't think of any sort of patterns that sound like a circle in Sanskrit. So um, let's try spiral. Maybe I don't know. Yes. yeah
2: okay let's
1: do that okay spiral okay you guys we uh weren't really on a
0: path uh that we thought could be correct but we said uh we were talking to each other and we said maybe yin yang uh we know it it doesn't maybe sound like sanskrit but we also don't know sanskrit so uh, we, we kind of latched <laughs> on to the to the balance aspect of that
4: yeah it seems to
5: be complex and abstract so All right, uh, no points in this uh, question. The correct answer is Mandala, which... uh, Oh. Yeah, everybody's seen them. That's what they're called. Oh, look it up. Hmm. All right, moving on to question six. This is kind of a quotes question about uh, Great Burns. Senator Stephen Douglas said in public debate that what man was two-faced? His reply? i leave it to my audience... If I had another face, do you think I would wear this one?
4: I, I think I have it.
5: Okay. Yeah, that was my guess.
1: So, Could it uh, be
2: Lincoln, or is that too easy?
1: Well, there were uh, the Lincoln Douglas debates, so that'd be my guess. Um, yeah, and he wasn't. I
2: mean, it's before Rodney Dangerfield's time, so it's probably not him.
1: <laughs> yeah, and he wasn't exactly known for being an attractive man, so I think that's a good guess.
2: Uh, Lincoln would be my best guess then.
1: Okay, these guys are in with
5: Lincoln. You guys, Harvey Dent. No, we we didn't go with that. <laughs> I'll let Jeff take
0: it.
4: Uh, yeah, we thought uh, this sounds like the kind of quip uh, Lincoln would have, so we went with Abraham Lincoln. And it is indeed a Lincoln uh, quip. Good job, guys. Everybody gets points.
0: Lincoln was such a, a navigator in debates. Um, yeah. Just
4: <laughs> is that because uh, aviation was before, or aviator was uh, <laughs> never mind screw this uh anyways i looked up a mandala and those are the ones the, the like the monks do right that the, like the the tibetan monks they'll like do one and then they'll take it down like it's a semi-permanent i've seen them do like yeah. a sand painting yeah like they've done installations of uh, them um perhaps like the art institute or you or see them like a
2: lot that. in adult coloring books
4: <laughs> yes that makes yeah. sense yeah, that you do you do hours.
5: that and uh, also on um you know tattooed on people these days yeah it was
0: really pretty when jeff showed me so
5: really cool all right number seven Subject of the 30 for 30 episode called student slash athlete, what notable Hawaiian place kicker gained his fame at Notre Dame in 1988 to go on to a medical profession? I'm sure if Matt was here and not on the uh, space station, what'd you say?
0: Uh, Yeah, he's uh, taking a satellite satellite course course. on satellites. In a satellite. Gotcha. All right, we'll talk about something.
2: Go ahead. You can throw a guess out because I don't think we... uh... I don't think we have any
1: viable (laughs) answers. Yeah. We were really struggling uh, to try to figure out if it was, uh, if they were better known for being a a doctor or an athlete. And uh, we were leaning toward celebrity doctors of some sort um, and just thought maybe they'd be interviewed, you know, as maybe the 30 for 30 is about, you know, athletes who went on to be other things, but we couldn't really come up with any celebrity doctors we thought were Hawaiian. So um, I What do you want to say, like uh, Dr. Phil or something like that? I don't
0: know. We had a lot of trouble with this one uh, because we couldn't figure out who the place kicker was and how long he would have been a place kicker. We couldn't figure out uh, what he became notable for as a doctor. Um, And we just, we were having so much trouble. This is like a definitely a Matt question. So we just kind of talked about Hawaiian players or
5: players that we knew that might have been Hawaiian. So we just
0: said Mariota Seau.
5: Okay. And uh, no points on this one. Correct answer is Reginald Ho. Hmm. I just did research on this one, obviously, guys. Uh, I thought maybe Matt would be here to provide some insight. <laughs> That's all right. We'll, we'll get his answer in uh, in a few hours when it comes from the satellite. All right. Here's another one. Number eight. What wife of King Henry VIII was the only one to receive a queen's funeral after giving birth to a son who had become King Edward VI? She also did not star in a popular Western television series from the 90s. Uh, oh, from the '90s, so it's probably
0: Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, uh, which was played by Jane Seymour. Mm-hmm. Is there a Seymour or Jane? I can't remember who did Natalie Portman. I, I never remember her. Scarlett Johansson. One of them was Anne Boleyn. One of them was what uh, film? Uh, yeah, um, I can't remember the name of the film now, but it's it's. I think it's something about Anne Boleyn. It's Natalie Portman and Scarlett Johansson, and they're like both one of his wives. Um,
4: is it the Lady Jane Seymour? It might. Be it is Jane be, Seymour. That, yeah, that's right. Because yeah. I always,
0: I'm always like, oh, that's the Bond, the Bond girl. Okay, yeah, yeah, we're we're okay. good. Jane Seymour.
2: Yeah, we were thinking Jane Seymour with uh, Doctor Quinn, medicine woman. Shared the name there with uh, one of Henry's wives.
5: All right. Looks like both teams getting points with Jane Seymour. Good job, guys.
2: I actually used to work with one of the actors on that show. I worked at a local television station for a really long time and the little boy who played her son on that show used to run cameras and stuff with us
0: oh cool (laughs) that's great
5: (laughs) that that was always a cool show
0: yeah i always liked that one a lot um i can't remember if he was on the show i was like i was like pretty young when that was on yeah so we
5: just kind of see in the background i'm like what's going on here
0: i worked with uh the actor william shockley he was on that show i believe uh he was a nice guy he's very very country always has a guitar
5: all right number nine the film Don't Breathe features three thieves breaking into a home of a veteran that they perceive as an easy target. They soon realize they're in over their heads and the veteran is much more trouble than they bargained for. Why do they think he's an easy target? Okay. We're locked in. That's okay.
1: Oh, we're Have good. you okay. seen this? Yeah. I think he's blind. If I remember correctly, because they're like trying to walk around the house and not make noise because he can hear, but he can't see.
0: Yeah, uh, so this one uh, is a movie that uh, changed the way I thought about those things that you put water on turkey. What are those things called that you squeeze? Uh, turkey turkey basters. basters. Turkey basters. So if, if you you know use a turkey baster all the time, don't watch this movie because it'll ruin them for you. But uh,
5: we said he was blind. Yep, uh, points to everybody. He is a blind man. Good job. And uh, last question in the round, number 10. In a somewhat outdated plotline on Friends, Ross and Rachel hire a nanny named Sandy who is portrayed by what somewhat outdated actor?
0: What does that even mean? Just old actor? Like someone who doesn't matter anymore? Someone whose time has come and gone, I would guess. Well, wait a minute. Maybe um, a, their views are... Was Fran Drescher on Friends? Or no? I know they had the, the, the woman who sounded kind of like Fran Drescher from The Nanny, uh, Janice, right? That was like... Yeah. But I, that's who I'm thinking of, I think. But I doubt... I don't know if she was on Friends. Well, Fran
4: Drescher was the nanny. So.
0: Exactly. So I don't know if she like also played an, a nanny on Friends. But...
4: That was an NBC show, right? The yeah, nanny? Yeah, I think so. So maybe they did like a goofy crossover or something? Yeah. Just pulling from the ether over here. Uh,
0: Brad Pitt was on the show. I don't know what he, he played. I uh, just want to say Brad Pitt. Yeah, I have no idea. You find go Fran Drescher. That's fine. She was the nanny. Okay. So.
2: Can you tell us the name of the the nanny, the character's name?
5: Sandy. Sandy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: It was Sandy.
1: Um, oh, can... I mean,
2: I know that Brad Pitt guest starred at one point on there, and that was when he was dating Rachel in real life, when Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt were dating.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have anything better. I mean, the, I, unless it's some, like, 90s actor who faded away, like Polly Shore or something Pauly like Shore.
3: that.
1: Shore. <laughs> yeah. He rode off into the sunset,
5: buddy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Man, yeah, we were thinking maybe it was an outdated plotline because maybe it was like controversial that they had a male providing childcare or something. I'm sure this is going to ring a bell once I hear the answer, but yeah, let's go with let's go with Brad Pitt.
5: Okay, you guys are in with Brad Pitt. You,
0: I know you guys mentioned Brad Pitt. We did mention him. We don't really know anything about Friends, and we we knew that he was on the show and thought maybe outdated, meaning he used to date a lot uh, in Hollywood, but. Uh, we kind of just went for a little crossover action, and we, and we said maybe Fran Drescher played the nanny uh, for uh, like a, a, an episode, and then she was also the nanny, so we said Fran Drescher.
5: Okay. Well, no points on this one, but uh, you guys were getting pretty close over at the Nippery Slipples. It was a plotline related to uh, Ross being uncomfortable with having a male nanny, but uh, he was per- uh, portrayed by Freddie Prince Jr. Oh. Mm. oh. So, at the end of 10 questions, looks like it's a pretty close game. The Nippery Slipples in second place with 50 points. And just barely in front of them, Lotion Commotion, uh, 60 points. All right, moving on to the swing round here. Today, it's called Crazy Credits. I've got 10 questions that give you the year and then describe some relatively bizarre credits that uh, roll in the film. And uh, I just want you to tell me what the film was that I'm describing. Okay, so Crazy Credits. Number one. 2018. Breaking the fourth wall somewhat, the credits roll in the middle of the film, stating that the main character went on to live a peaceful life with his wife, Lynn. Number 2. 2014. Increasingly bizarre movie posters of future sequels are revealed, taking our duo out of school and further into the future. Number 3. 2013 a confirmation that the character Christoph's view that all men eat boogers does not represent the company or the filmmakers. Number four, 2004. During the credits for the Creatures team, footsteps turn to paw prints on the Marauders map. Number five, 1975. The credits at the front of the film feature some errant subtitles and those responsible being sacked. (laughs) Number six, 1999, a few frames of spliced pornography before the credits and the sweet sound of the pixies. Number seven, 2013, a clip of sound recorded of author P.L. Travers berating some of the fine folks at Disney. Number eight, 2016, our favorite anti-hero with a mouth claims that Ed Screen is the hottest. Number nine, 2016. Twenty-four 24 copies of the credits roll in the background to reflect the psyche of the main character and number 10 1994 during the film a coffee shop owner who is being robbed gets cut off during his line proclaiming i'm not a hero i'm just a coffee shop as such he is credited as coffee shop all right let's uh let's get some discussion and then uh, we'll get the answers All right, looks like all the answers are locked in. Again, these are 10 questions for five points apiece. All right, number one, 2018, breaking the fourth wall and uh, rolling the credits in the middle of the film. Uh, What did you have, Nippery Slipples?
1: So this one made me laugh because when I saw this movie in the theater, um, a woman stood up after this happened and said, that's not true. Uh, So it was very uh, memorable for me. It was Vice. And how about
5: you guys at Lotion Commotion? it seems uh, we've come to an understanding. Uh, We went with Vice. Yep, you guys are both correct. It is Vice. Number two, 2014. Bizarre movie posters uh, revealing further sequels, taking our characters out of school and into the future. What did you have? uh, Lotion Commotion.
4: Ah, we said this was uh, 21 Jump Street.
5: And how about you guys at Nippery Slipples? So I think it's the sequel 22 Jump Street. It is 22 Jump Streets, so only points to Nippery Slipples on that one. That's my bad. But uh, good guess. 2013, a confirmation from the filmmakers that uh, their views are not represented by Christoph saying that all men eat boogers. Uh, let's start with Nippery Slipples.
1: So we, um, we kept thinking of Christoph Waltz, but um, eventually we thought that Christoph might be the character from Frozen, the male character from Frozen. And how about you guys?
0: Yeah, this one, I was having so much trouble. I kept thinking of a character named Kristoff, uh, who was like a Steve Jobs-type character. And I realized when we locked in that it was a movie not from or 2013. Uh, I was talking about Truman Show with that Harris, but uh, either way, we, we locked in with Truman Show.
5: <laughs> and it is Frozen. Good job, guys. All right, number four, 2004. During the credits for the Creatures team, footsteps turned to paw prints on the Marauders' map. Start with uh, nippery Slipples.
1: So we we thought it was one of the Harry Potter movies, and we weren't sure which one, so we said Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. And how about you guys?
4: Yeah, we're uh, pretty certain it's Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban.
1: You guys are
5: both right. Good job figuring that one out. Number five, 1975. The credits at the front of the film feature some errant subtitles, and those responsible for those subtitles being sacked. What did you guys have at Lotion Commotion?
4: Yep. Uh, this felt very much like a Python uh, film, so we said uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And Nippery Slipples.
5: That's getting easier yeah, to say <laughs> as we go on. We also
1: on. said Monty Python and the Holy Grail.
5: Yep, you guys are both correct on that one as well. 1999, a few frames of Spice Porn and uh, the Pixies. What did we have, Nippery Slipples?
1: Nikki, do you want to take this one?
2: This is my favorite movie. This is Fight Club.
5: And you guys? We also went with Fight Club. Good job, points all around. Two thousand thirteen, a clip of sound recorded of author P. L. Travers berating some of the fine folks at Disney.
4: Uh, so we we said Saving Mr. Banks. <clears throat> we feel like that was uh, Emma Thompson and Saving Mr. Banks.
5: Yep, you guys are right. It is uh, a real recording of the author and the uh, credits. Pretty, uh. pretty interesting, but uh, points all around. Two thousand sixteen, our anti-hero saying that Ed Screen is the hottest let's uh let's get the gentleman in the studio yeah we went with uh ryan reynolds merc
0: with a mouth deadpool
5: deadpool (laughs) that is correct deadpool 2016 24 copies of the credits roll in the background to reflect the psyche of the main character what did we have from nippery slipples
1: uh i've not seen the movie but uh we thought maybe it was split for his 24 personalities neil
0: yeah great performance uh james mcavoy we went with split Yep.
5: Points on that one as well. And finally, 1994, what film features a gentleman credited as coffee shop? Uh, this one, I wasn't sure. I, I
0: remember watching this movie in film school a lot. Uh, I could be way off, but uh, I believe it might be Bill Murray from Jim Jarmusch's uh, Coffee and Cigarettes, black and white film. So we want coffee and cigarettes.
5: And uh, Nippery Slipples. We weren't sure. We guessed Pulp Fiction and pulp fiction is correct so good job uh
0: over there man sorry that was my bad i thought it could be 22 jump street but i didn't even think about that
4: and i i was thinking pulp fiction but i was like Ah, oh, neil knows it
5: oh did you yeah. oh see good
4: yeah <laughs> i didn't even say anything i was like oh he's got it
5: all right well it's a dead heat after that swing round and uh the swing round certainly served its function it looks like uh you guys managed to pick up uh 35 points here in the studio And uh, perfect score from Nippery Slipples. Good job. 50 points added to your score. So that brings uh, you guys to 100. And the gentleman in the studio at 95. So close game. All right, let's get started right off into round two with question one. Agent 47 is the main character in what franchise of video games and films? Locked in. Fast lock from the gentleman (laughs) at Lotion Commotion. How about uh, you guys? You want to talk about it?
1: Yeah. um Yeah. I I feel like I've played these games. I think it's the Hitman games because he's kind of this generic bald guy, but I don't know for sure.
2: Yeah, I have no idea on this one. So that sounds that sounds great.
1: I think they made a movie off of it too. I don't. I didn't see it, but I think they made a movie. So we'll say We'll see. I would have just
2: been naming off video game franchises that I know have been made into movies or vice versa. So.
5: All right, you guys say Hitman. How about you?
4: Oh timothy oliphant i was so just gonna handsome. say it uh <laughs>
0: timothy oliphant got a bomb there mark walper got a bomb with max Payne. uh but uh yeah timothy oliphant playing the
4: hitman
5: hitman all right you guys are both correct with hitman question two if you play a major scale correctly on a modern piano using only white keys what key have you played it in yeah we're locked in
4: oh,
2: i okay. believe this is c
3: yeah,
5: yeah c yeah and what did you guys have
4: Yeah, we said the same. We thought this was the
5: key of C. All right, looks like a quick lock-in from both teams, and uh, both teams with the correct answer of the key of C. Number three. Historically, the word decimation implies that what would be done to a group of usually soldiers as punishment? Locked in. These guys are locked in quick again. Let's uh, go ahead and get some discussion from you guys.
1: Yeah, so um, we were talking earlier about the mithrandism um or whatever i can't remember what it is what it was but um we were trying to talk about the the root this the root of this is death and i think right. it's it's reduced by like a factor of 10 or something like that i i, I don't know for sure it's something like that um i don't you know it, Yeah. it instead of like or, drawn
2: and quartered they're going to be split into 10 pieces <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. um so i'm not really sure yeah i mean that that that's fine with me it's, Reduced it. Yeah, it's it's something to do with 10, I think, or 100. I like I think, that
2: reduced by a factor of 10 or something like that. Do you want to say that?
1: Sure. I will say reduced by a factor of 10. Okay, how about you guys?
4: Uh, yeah, we said that they would kill one out of every 10. They would reduce by a tenth.
5: Okay, so uh, yeah, the answer is one in 10 are killed. Um, I'm going to give the points to the gentleman in the studio here. I'm afraid uh, the nippery slipples were a little too vague on that, so... Uh, points for the gentleman in the studio here, so that uh, that makes you guys pull ahead again. So you're you're in the lead by five points right now. All right, number four, in the episode of The Simpsons where Homer bowls the perfect game, again Matt's not here. Once his time in the limelight has faded, Homer grows depressed and sings what bleak song released in 1967.
0: I don't. Know. Can you think of a song from ni- nineteen sixty-seven that would make him feel lonely?
4: Hey, Joe. That was a bleak song from sixty-seven.
0: Oh, Jimi Hendrix, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> uh, fine or
4: thereabouts. I don't know if it's true or not, <laughs>
0: but I don't yeah. either. Um, and one is the only one is the loneliest number. I don't think that's that's not from the sixties, right?
4: Yeah, it could be one is the loneliest number.
0: I don't know. I mean, I yeah, that I was don't. um. I always think it's the Beatles, but it's another band.
4: Yeah, no, it's uh, Crap. We can go with that. Yeah, and I think that makes sense time-wise, too. Okay.
2: Um, I hope it's that episode, but Homer's going, when I was 17, I had some very good beer. And so I think it's that episode, I'm going to say, when I was 17.
5: Okay, and how about you guys?
0: I know nothing about The Simpsons, but I now that Nikki said that I do. I do remember someone singing that song, like with beer. But I, I don't know. But we, um, I just came up with the the title. One is the loneliest number because it sounded, you know, kind of bleak. So that's yeah, what we went with
4: so yeah, we went with three dog nights. Uh, one is the loneliest number.
5: All right. Well, we have a pair of misses here. Um, we did mention the uh, when I was seventeen on another episode, but uh, this one is the end by the Doors. Oh. <laughs> All right, this is going to be a little wordy because it's a, a long quote, but bear with me for number five. What Edgar Allan Poe work contains the following quote. While the objects around me, while the carvings of the ceilings, the somber tapestries of the walls, the ebon blackness of the floors, and the phantasmagoric armorial trophies, which rattled as I strode, were but matters to which, or to such as which, I had been accustomed to my infancy, while I hesitated not to acknowledge how familiar was all this, I still wondered to find how unfamiliar were the fancies which ordinary images were stirring up. And if you asked the character Roderick if he felt a little nervous, he might just tell you, yeah. I uh,
4: th- Are we going to lock in? Yeah, I, I have a, a decent line of logic. So. Yeah, I, I like it a lot, okay. so
1: we're going to lock in.
2: Is the Roderick hint giving you anything?
1: Um. No, I my guess was maybe the telltale heart. Um, because doesn't he like bury someone below his I can't remember the story, but he buries someone like in his floorboards or something. My
2: knowledge comes from The Simpsons when Lisa built the diorama <laughs> of the Telltale Heart.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> well He's he's nervous. I think he's going to be discovered, but I, I don't because he thinks maybe other people can hear it or something. But I, I only know like three Edgar Allan Poe. It doesn't sound like rhymey enough to be the the Raven, though. Maybe it could be, but um, yeah. So I that'd be my guess, but I don't have a lot behind that.
2: You have me behind that. I you have my full support. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's go with it.
1: Telltale heart.
0: Yeah, we wrote down telltale heart uh which i i never remember what that one's about i, I feel like this one with the heart beating and the the beating is making him anxious but um when the words in the quote though about the ceiling about um different things in the room and him being scared made me think of the pit and the pendulum which i believe is the character is on a table with a pendulum that's a blade like getting close to him cutting him in half <sighs> and uh I, I just assumed that if he's like looking up at the ceiling he's noticing those details so we went with the pit and the pendulum
5: not a bad uh, line of reasoning, but uh, you guys didn't pick up on my hint about the main character just telling you "yeah," because if a mu- musician were to tell you "yeah," it might be Usher. Oh, uh, so it's yeah, follow the, the, of of the house of Usher.
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should have gone "yeah, yeah." <laughs>
5: well,
4: what? I didn't want to give it entirely away, but I uh, might, I maybe would have thought it was Lil John, depending on his yeah enunciation. I,
0: I'm, I'm really bad with uh with poe i
4: always forget about the fall of the house of usher
0: so well what about the fall of the usher's career too well he's he's okay he's just hasn't, he's had, doing, a he's he hasn't had a hit he hasn't had a hit in a while
5: all right after uh five questions in this round it looks like uh both teams are hanging on here it's uh 120 to 125 with lotion commotion slightly in the lead so still a toss-up and this next question is especially for neil as he did not join uh, me and our friends to uh, watch the, the Two Towers, Lord of the Rings, last night, uh, in which he would have found the answer to this question. In the Lord of the Rings books and movies, what sonorous object of Boromir's is used as evidence of his passing to his father? I'm, who's Boromir? Which one is Boromir? Is, that's not the troll. It's Sean Bean.
0: <laughs> okay,
5: Sean Bean. <laughs> you have no frame of reference.
0: Um, okay, Boromir is Sean Bean. What was the object that showed his passing to his father? It wasn't like a necklace or something.
3: I remember, he, I remember he died this?
0: by a tree, right? <laughs> yeah. Then he gets stabbed by a tree.
4: He was shot full of arrows by orcs.
0: Oh, he was. I think Who he died think by he was
4: finally then run through with a sword. I thought
0: someone he was like someone was leaned up against a tree when he died. Man, I could be wrong.
4: Well, he was, yeah. Maybe like, um would he have? Something is like, it his horn? Maybe no. Boromir. Why, am I, why can't I remember this?
0: Is there something that he would have had that would have, like, had some sort of uh, ticking or... I don't think they had watches in Middle-earth. No, they did not.
4: Um, Does he have the Horn of Gondor? No, that's a big thing.
0: I don't even know what that is, but the clue... <laughs> it, so, I know nothing about Lord of the Rings, but something that would have, if the father got it, he would have known he was dead. So, like, something that would have changed with his death. Like a mood... Not a mood ring, but... <laughs> The, the mood goes black uh <laughs> but something like that like if the father got like his necklace he could have been oh he's still alive but is there something that he died that he would know how about just um i don't know how specific we have well, he
4: be. was a warrior so like turning over his sword like he would never give up his sword oh you know what yeah, I mean? yeah like, like
0: like never cutting a samurai's top knot or something so um yeah what how about his sword like because no, yeah fine with
1: that okay uh we think that it's a horn that he blows
5: all right, so a uh, quick answer from these guys after a lot of discussion uh, in the room. And what did you guys say? We said uh, his sword. Well, Jeff mentioned uh, Boromir's horn, and he also said the Horn of Gondor, and it is the Horn of Gondor. So points uh, going over to the nippery slipples on this one. Change the lead. And a whiff from uh, Lotion Commotion.
0: So You did know that one. See, I didn't know. I had no idea, you know whose horn or what horn it was, but... I,
4: was, I thought it might be the horn of Gondor, but I couldn't remember. I've seen the movies. I, I did the math three times now, so... And that's it. Luckily, they didn't never have to
5: hear place. our discussion about how terrible my logic was. I <laughs> said,
4: never
0: see,
5: Not not remembering the movie. All right, on to some uh, real-world mythology here with question seven. Egyptian goddess Isis had a brother who was the lord of the underworld and also put out some pretty dope skate shoes. Who is that? We're locked in. I was thinking Anubis.
1: Um... Is like the uh, the dog headed or jackal headed god, and I don't remember if he's the god of the underworld or not. Um, there's also Horus, which is the owl god, uh, owl headed, and those are the, that's the extent of my Egyptian. And there's Ra, but I think Ra was son, um, so I don't know. Is
2: Osiris is that male or female?
1: Oof, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> um,
2: what about vans?
1: <laughs> I mean, joking.
2: That's only a skate shoe.
1: Well, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know any skate shoes. I know Vans. Um, I mean, it could be. I'm not sure. Um, Like, Anubis came to mind, but I, I cannot think of an Anubis skate shoe.
2: Well, that sounds like the coolest name for a shoe out of all of the ones we'd named. So let's go with it.
1: Okay.
5: All right, we're gonna go with Anubis. Okay, these guys are in with Anubis.
4: How about you? I know all of my gods thanks to Stargate SG1. <laughs> uh, Ooh, that nice. and I actually used to have a pair of Osirises. So we want Osiris. Oh. Yep, the correct answer is
5: Osiris. So once again, the lead yeah. changes hands. Was uh, was Anubis the Egyptian band that sang, Are You In? Uh, that was Incubus. <laughs> oh, Incubus, <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> and I hope everybody is in for this next question. Number eight. What serial mascot has been voiced by Mel Blanc, Paul Fries, and Maurice LaMarche? Apparently in serial lore, he also have nephews, Puey, Susie, and Louie. Probably very close to some copyright infringement there, but
4: uh, (laughs) that's what the internet said. uh, We will take a moment to discuss. Sure.
5: Um,
0: Lucky Charms, which I doubt it's that.
4: No, it doesn't sound.
0: uh, Uh, Cocoa Puffs, uh, probably not um i'm trying to think of ones of the talk uh tony the tiger no uh <clears throat> the, the rice captain, krispies treats the talk
4: ad, the admiral from captain crunch captain crunch
5: i'm thinking he's a it, captain jeff
4: actually, i think he is an admiral or something like that How dare they like the some kind of demarcation shows that he's an admiral or something like that Puy- or the hat would have been for an admiral something like Puy- that
0: Huey Susie and louis means there's a female uh nephew or niece so again
4: it's lore so it doesn't mean there's ah, necessarily correct. instantiations okay. of this on the box so who who's the voice you said in Futurama Maurice LaMarche was on, that a, a guy or a on girl Futurama. he's a guy
0: okay so it's, we're, they're it's all prob- they're all men I believe okay so it's probably a male character then so yeah Trix uh and he said serial mascot so not three so right the Trix rabbit
4: does the Trix Rabbit talk?
0: I think well tricks are for kids right yeah
4: Yeah. but it's always kids saying it right oh like silly rabbit oh no I guess he does talk right because he's always conniving to
0: and I like the copyright infringement because maybe all three of those (coughs) voiced Bugs Bunny after Mel Blanc they might have yeah let's just do that okay tricks. Nick you want to take
1: this one
2: well we were thinking the nieces and nephews might be a rip off of Huey Dewey and Louie from Donald Duck so we went with another bird mascot and we said Toucan Sam
4: yeah we uh, we kind of got stuck in um i know maurice lamarche does voiceover work for like futurama and other shows like that and uh, neil mentioned how uh mel blanc was originally uh bugs bunny so we we went with the tricks rabbit
5: all right it looks like our uh, skype contestants have followed their nippery slipples and uh <laughs> ended up with uh toucan sam which is the correct answer so good job didn't even think about toucan sam what cereal is that again fruit loops fruit loops ah all right it is. A, All you know, this game is a dead heat. I know, this the is a le- great the game. The lead has changed like five <laughs> times, which is very exciting. All right, number nine. Maybe, maybe uh, Neil will know this one. It could be argued that what pro wrestler made his career as an antihero at WrestleMania 13 when he passed out, bloody faced, from a Bret Hart sharpshooter.
0: Well, there is a, a famous image of Ric Flair just completely bloody faced and it would lead me to believe it might be him because he had a match you know his finishing move was the figure four right. which is a leg move uh and it's basically the the uh in the same level as the sharpshooter and i remember there was a match where they kept giving each other this their move i don't know if rick flair was in that match but 20 years ago he still would have been somewhat spry it, yeah, and i don't think it's Shawn michaels Shawn michaels was the montreal screw job which i don't think was a wrestlemania so um i don't know you want to go rick flair
1: sure all right okay so um i mentioned earlier to nikki that i my two weak points are hockey and wrestling (laughs) um and we had a question on each but um we were thinking about the time period and i was trying to think of people who would have been would have wrestled uh um at that time and uh, i was thinking maybe mick foley since he seemed to be bloody every time he saw him so that's my guess
5: okay mick foley how about you guys we weren't sure uh
0: that that much but uh i just remember there's an image of rick flair like super super bloody it might not even be from this match but i was telling jeff that you know his finishing move was a leg move called the figure four Bret Hart's was the sharpshooter and a lot of times wrestlers when they hand the torch over to a younger wrestler uh, to kind of uh give them their stamp of approval this could have been it when they had a big match and he made rick flair pass out to uh bump up um uh the uh, Bret Hart. so we went with rick flair
5: well you said uh Wrestling and hockey were your weak points, but luckily you did not lose any ground on either of those questions, though you did not get either of them right. Um, (laughs) Steve Austin, Stone Cold, is the correct answer on that one. (laughs) That was my second guess, too. At least you didn't lose any ground, right? You got stunned
0: over there. I know. That was my second guess.
5: And the final question of the game, number 10. Name two of the four great inventions of ancient China, which are discoveries that are considered to have a profound impact on on the advancement of civilization throughout the world.
0: I'm going to lean heavily on you. Gunpowder is really my only, um, well, we have gunpowder. So right now we're, we're circling around.
4: And like I said, gunpowder I'm comfortable with, but only insofar as it's considered ancient. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like, I feel like the wheel was Chinese for some reason.
0: If you've, I mean, your, your gut's been right today. We haven't gone with it. So do you want to go
1: gunpowder in the wheel? Yeah, that's fine. Okay.
2: Ed, how are you, how are you feeling about
1: this? Um, I mean, I think that's probably as good as we're going to get. We kind of couldn't, we couldn't figure out if it was maybe more of like a system type thing, like irrigation or something, but we decided to go simple and, and yeah, so I think Compass and Abacus. Okay. How about you guys?
4: Yeah, we, um, we weren't a hundred percent sure if, if gunpowder counted as ancient, but we knew that was pretty prolific and definitely Chinese. So we said gunpowder and the second one we said was, uh, the wheel. So... All right. Well, between the two teams,
5: you guys got two of them, but unfortunately, no points to be had. The correct uh, list is the compass, gunpowder, papermaking, and printing, and the podcast. <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll leave that for another day. Well, to anybody uh, keeping track, today's uh, secret theme was uh, Circus Survive albums. So hope uh, maybe some listeners caught that uh, very vague theme, but the uh, two rounds were composed of songs from. On Letting Go and uh, Violent Waves from Circus Survive. I'm sure Matt could appreciate that, but he's in space. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the game here, um, it looks like uh, the Nippery Slipples are nursing a very tenuous lead at 140 and uh, Lotion Commotion 135, so it's going to be very tight going into the final round. And uh, I will present the final round categories. To recap, you can wager 0 to 30 points up to your point total. So the categories are... Art Feuds. Number two, who would win in a fight? Number three, play that record backwards. Number four, songs of the same name. And number five, 2018 films. All right, all the wagers are in. So uh, here are your final round questions. Number one, Art Feuds. Best known for creating Chicago's Cloud Gate, or The Bean, Anish Kapoor has purchased the rights to Vanta Black, the blackest black pigment thus far. Underdog artist and pigment creator Stuart Semple sought revenge by banning Anish from using a pigment of what name? Number 2. Who would win in a fight? In Season 3 of Spike's Deadliest Warrior, Teddy Roosevelt was theoretically pitted against what figure of the First World War, who played a large role in the Arab Revolt against the Ottoman Empire? Number three, play that record backwards. What word describes the process of creating a backward recording of a track that is then played forward? Number four, songs of the same name. As an allusion to the concept of resurrection, The following musical acts all have songs by what title? Porcupine Tree, the aforementioned Circus Survive, Connor Oberst, Chimera, Moe, West King, Placebo, and David Bowie. And lastly, number five, 2018 films. What 2018 film is based on the first book of a series called Southern Reach, written by Jeff Vandermeer?
0: That's the IGN Daily Update, wherever you get your podcasts.
5: All right, looks like all the answers are locked in. So let's start with number one. I wanted to know the name of the pigment that was developed by Stuart Semple, and uh, he then banned Anish uh, Kapoor from using it. What is the name of that uh, pigment? Let's start with Nippery Slipples, who uh, bet a uh, resounding zero on this one.
1: We thought uh, that as kind of a, being kind of cheeky, he would call it Vanta Blacker. Okay.
5: And uh, how about you guys at Lotion Commotion, who wagered a Oakland
4: Five? Yeah, we thought maybe he just uh, went right for the throat and he named it Kapoor.
5: All right. Uh, Well, you guys uh, were both kind of on the trail of it being pretty cheeky. This one is actually called Pinkest Pink (laughs) instead of the Blackest Black. All right. Number two, who would win in a fight? uh season three is spike uh deadliest warrior saw teddy roosevelt pitted against what world war one figure and uh, we're going to start with Nippery slipples on this one who again wagered a very safe goose egg
1: um so we have no idea so we said lawrence of arabia we thought maybe it was the same time period
5: okay looks like lotion commotion has wagered another oakland five on this one what did you say
4: Yeah, Neil thought uh, it would make for a great headline if it was Teddy Roosevelt versus Lawrence of Arabia. So we said Lawrence of Arabia.
5: Lotion Commotion is getting back their five points on that one. It is T.E. Lawrence, Lawrence of Arabia. Number three, play that record backwards. I wanted to know the word that describes the process of creating a backward recording of a track that is then played forward. Nippery Slipples, what did you say? And you wagered another zero on this one.
1: Uh, we don't know anything about it, so we thought, um, maybe it's like they're dubbing it, but they're doing a reverse, so we said reverse dubbing. Okay, and how about you guys?
4: Uh, we went with, uh, we had 10 points on this one. 10
1: points,
5: yep.
4: And, uh, we didn't know, we guessed reverb. And unfortunately, uh,
5: those are both incorrect. The term that we're looking for is backmasking. I had heard of that. And my, uh, my category was a cheeky reference to, uh the uh, mindless self-indulgence song Back Mask Uh, Number four, songs of the same name Uh, as an allusion to the concept of resurrection, I gave you a bunch of bands that have a song of the same title and I want to know the name of that song looks like you guys wagered zero again at Nippery Slipples, what did you say? Uh,
2: We didn't know a lot of those bands, but we just picked a song that sounded like it would allude to the concept of resurrection and we said life after death
5: Okay and how about you guys who wagered a big 20 on this one
4: yeah we uh we probably went a little too hard on this one um we said uh just on the strength of the david bowie one we said changes and uh misses again here the
5: correct answer is lazarus and finally number five uh big wagers from both teams 30 points apiece on this one it might all come down to this 2018 films what film is based on the first book of the series called Southern Reach by Jeff Vandermeer from 2018? What did you say, Nippery
1: Slipples? So I I go to the movies a lot, and I, I saw a lot of movies that last year. I think I saw like 100 movies uh, that came out in 2018, and I could not pull this one for the life of me. I thought maybe because it's... a uh, Uh, a series it's like a YA series and that's why I've not heard of it so there was a movie called Darkest Minds that I didn't see and I thought maybe that's what it was Darkest Minds.
5: Okay and how about you guys? All right well we just went with uh, the Mortal Engines which we believe is incorrect but we know Ken hated that movie this year. Uh, No that is not correct and uh, no points to be had on this one the correct answer was Annihilation.
1: And uh, with Uh,
4: that I believe that was our Annihilation. Yes. (laughs)
5: Hold on let's uh, let's tally up these scores here.
1: I almost pulled Annihilation. I, th- I said it and then changed it. So. Dang. <laughs> it didn't seem like a sequel kind of movie.
5: <laughs> yeah, not at all. Uh, after the scores are tallied, it looks like Lotion Commotion. Uh, Need some more lotion. 75 points for you guys. And our cream of the crop today, Nippery Slipples. Congratulations, guys. You're the cream of the crop.
3: You know that I'm the cream of the crop.
5: Yes, great game. Yay. Yay.
1: Thank you, guys.
3: Thanks Wonderful for having
5: game. us. It was fun. Yeah, no problem. It was a joy having you and a lot of fun to write this game, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. good questions. Uh, I'm not familiar with Circus Revive, but uh, now I can check out some of their work based on these questions. Yep.
5: And once again, we want to just thank our um, guests today, Nikki Bates from Lincoln, Nebraska. Thank you for Skyping in and giving us some of your time. And uh, Ed Witt, who is a U.S. champion on Patreon. He's local in Chicago, so we'll have to meet up with him for a trivia night sometime um, again, great game, a lot of fun. Thank you to Jeff and Neil in the studio, Matt from the International Space Station, mm-hmm. and I am Ken. That was triviality. Hey Jeff, what uh, what scent is that lotion,
4: by the way? Original. Original. <laughs> yes. What does that mean? <laughs> That's what it says on Just the, the bottle.
5: O- the original hemp. What does the ingredients say? I don't.
4: I don't care. It works. Okay.
5: Are you moist?
4: Uh, No. I feel like I'm adequate. And to our (laughs) listeners
5: out there who hate the word moist,
3: moist.